On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day, amigos, and welcome to the Four Diego's here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you tonight. Uh, hey, and thanks to Finey on another great show, and also the boys from the GBU crew. Always great listening on a Wednesday night, and uh, I think the cool change is just about to come in. Vinny Venezuela, welcome to the show. Good evening, Rodrigo. You're Good cool. to be here. Can I can I just say? Can I just add to my my I know that we... You can't add to something you haven't started yet, Vinny. <laughs> well, I've started this a long time ago. You know, you will remember fondly that uh, I like to collect uh, potential porn star names in world football. <laughs> and um, Yes. And I'm keeping... I, I, you know, I want to keep it above board just in case kiddies are listening. But uh, Niall Ranger is one of the names <laughs> yeah, I like. That's a good one. I've always loved Todd Grip. Yes, yes. And CSKA Moscow coach... Leonid Slutsky. <laughs> so they're in my top three now, and I just wanted to share that with you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. I'm not sure where they came from, but uh, Warren Diego, welcome to the show. Well, no, it came from the fact that uh, CSK Moscow drew with Man City. Oh, okay, of course. That's, that's where it came There's from. There's the link. I was going to say, no, no, we won't continue because there are kiddies listening, but um, I was <laughs> I thinking out loud if Todd Grip and uh, Lionel Slutsky, <laughs> what would be the name of the film? <laughs> Well, it would be um, We'll leave that to people's imaginations, I think. Okay. Yes. I'm good. It's good to be here, and it's good to be here without Carlos, can yeah. I say, and that I'm really happy. And um, oh, That's a bit harsh. No, no, but I think there's something that I need. We had a, a discussion in the green room before we came on. Yes. And this sort of is a precursor to our hot topic, but I thought... That based on we had we agree, don't we, that if we don't put a good enough performance in tonight, mm-hmm. that we'll refund our listeners <laughs> one hour's worth of sleep. Not sure how we're going to do that, but yeah, but that, that's that, the intention, isn't it? If the performance is poor yep. and the feedback from the listeners isn't Jeez. fantastic, we owe a lot of hours. We are going to refund <laughs> an hour. And uh, why, of pray sleep. tell, do you need to put that sort of pressure on us? Well, though, why? well, Vinny, because I think we need to take the example of the Sunderland players. What did they? Well, they're going to refund the ticket price and the travelling expenses of the 750 Sunderland fans that made the eight-hour trek from the northern antipodes of England to the southern antipodes of Southampton to watch their team get beat 8-0. Gee, that's, um, that's really taking responsibility, isn't it? I think it's a great, it's a great sign that's on behalf it. of the owning players. It. Owning it. Owning it. And we need to step up and start owning our performance, I think. So when you let somebody down... When you, you let wanna, somebody down... You want to give them some compensation. You want to give something back. At, at the big clubs, that's mm-hmm. what they, it should be like a poker table where how much you're going to put in. Stake your claim now, you know, winner takes it all. And loser just, you know, we give it to the fans if we uh, stuff it up for you. But Yep. So, Vinny Venezuela, yes. just on the, on the point of... Being or feeling let down. Yes. How, do you do you feel let down about something that's just happened at potentially happening in Melbourne City? Well, exactly. You know, the you know, we all know. Well, we should know by now that David V apparently he's uh, not going to be around for the ten games. 
Or he doesn't. He's, he's no, not gonna, that's they're not, not going to be ten consecutive it? games. They could be he's missing his family. A, a few here, a few there. But you know, we're not going to get a run. We're not going to get a you know momentum. Or they're not going to get momentum. Well, they uh, always Warren, said it was so a maximum of ten. A games. maximum of ten. Yes, they, they were never clear of, of the minimum. <laughs> you know. So David Veer is going after the fourth game, which is against Adelaide, Adelaide at home. Yeah, yep. That's right. So yep. he's going to be here for the derby this weekend. Yep. But but you felt a bit let down. I I, I would bit. feel a bit. Well, yeah. I just I don't I don't even sort of lean towards Melbourne City, but I mm. love having uh, Veer here. Yep. And so I was surprised. I thought ten. I I can. Because you know how I am with projects. Uh, I know. You, you commit yourself to a project, you see it through. Del Piero stayed for two years, and I, I figured 10 is 10, so he's going to stay for 10 games. So I'm let down, and I guess uh, the hot topic tonight, on the back of just being a little bit let down, and surely if you're a Melbourne City supporter, you would like be myself, a I little feel bit let, let down. down. Absolutely. The, the hot topic tonight, on the back of that, is who in world football has let you down? Absolutely. Give us a well. Give us a call on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. But uh, send us through a text message on who in world football has let you down, and maybe even add a little bit. And what can they do? Yes. To repay you. Repay it. Yep. To make it good. So zero what should four, David Villa be doing? Well, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. If you feel let down by David Villa, <laughs> what can he do? <laughs> you know what he should do? They should have a big paella party at <laughs> Melbourne City at Amy Park. Those big. Uh, Big walks of paella, and he should just be cooking it all and saying, "Here, this is Mum's recipe," and just come over, and I'll just ladle it into to a bowl for you. And this is real paella. He's hey, missing the kids, though. Yeah, I mean, I feel for him, and you know, that's... he's caught between a rock and a hard place. You've got to go back, and I would expect, though, and I don't think we're going to get somebody as good as David Villa, but I don't think um, the Man City conglomerate is going to let Melbourne City down in terms of who they're going to have, although. Robert Corrin, who they got all mm. the way from England, he's meant to be, you know, the equivalent of Harry Kuehl. He's gone down with the old man injury, hasn't he? Calf. They tried to manage the calf, yeah, no, no. get him back, and then bang. You tear a calf, as, as you know, Warren. Oh, Being absolutely. A Bearing a marathon man like yeah. myself, you just, yeah. you've got to just, Robert, John. Yeah, so December looks like he's out. Six too. games, yeah. that's disappointing. And they would have hoped that they could have managed him through this block and then when David Villa had gone, have him come back. It's going, to still... be, it's going to be a dry spell once he goes because at the moment, <laughs> the only one scoring for Melbourne City I reckon is Jesus, David Villa. Jesus, they're talking about, I don't, I don't, I've got no evidence to suggest this, but uh, Josh Kennedy. Right. Well, I reckon just... there's talk about Josh Kennedy. I think they'll definitely replace. There's no doubt they're going to need to because they're playing beautiful Well, they football. are. Well, you know what, what I reckon? I think they are playing very good football for a half. Their, their first half, I don't think they can be matched in terms of just uh, you know beating that ball around and it's like a pinball machine and it, we, you know it's, it's bouncing everywhere. It's mesmerising. But then I think they just uh, run out of uh, steam a little yeah. bit. And I think, uh, I think Newcastle played them very well in the end. I think that uh, they just had to absorb a lot of the pressure from Melbourne City and, if, and um, if, if you can do that. You can get them. Absolutely. So they've got two more games with, uh, well, two more games that we know of with uh, David Veer, uh, barring injury, of course. And the coach is asking them to look for him quicker and uh, get the ball down to him or, um, more often. So that's not a bad that's not a bad rule when you've got a superstar 
you know, in, in the forward line. Apparently they're starting the game this weekend and they all on their hands they will have written, pass it to David. <laughs> yes. Pass it to David. To Via, not David, because William's there Absolutely. as well. Pass it to Via. We've got a big show for you tonight. We've got uh, Mike McGrath coming up a little bit later on and we'll talk about uh, everything in the English Premier League and some of the English performances in the Champions League. But right now we're going to catch up with a man who should be in the studio tonight, but he's um, sunning himself on the Gold Coast somewhere. Let's go to uh, the Gold Coast and catch up with Carlos Alberto Diego. Carlos, welcome to the show. Yeah, good evening there, boys. Yeah, it's Rodrigo Rodriguez. You've got Vinny Venezuela and uh, Warren Diego. Why, why, why is he on the show? No, look, Warren, I know you lobbied not to get him on the show, but uh, you know I had to pull rank today because I am too, I see. Carlos, um, <laughs> how's your tan going? You, uh, you, you have been enjoying world football from, from above, haven't you? You've in, well, you've in... I've been. Yeah, I'm up here because I'm trying to entice Clive Palmer to buy an A League club again and uh, and you know implant it in uh, at Gold Coast. But uh, no, I'm just taking a little bit of a break, but still keeping an eye on everything, guys. And uh, and uh, yes, I heard you while I was in hold about the different issues, especially with David Villa and what Melbourne City are going to do. It's certainly your big talking point at the moment. Absolutely. Um... Warren didn't want you on, but he's, uh, he's, he's 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 actually quietly happy that that you're on. And Carlos. Carlos, you know how you inappropriately videoed Vinny on Copacabana Beach. Is this a world tour of famous beaches where you're just uh, getting, you know, getting into your uh, speedos, is it? Yeah, well, you, you guys don't know, but Vinny's coming up tomorrow when we do a little <laughs> sequel to what we do on Ipanema Beach, Vinny. Right. So uh, I'm grabbing you, kicking and screaming, but uh, I'll have the car at your door tomorrow. Fantastic. Pick now, you up and bring you up. Now, Carlos, the David Villa thing, I mean, I don't know whether we didn't read the fine print. That's we, the fans, and me as a Melbourne City fan, we didn't read the, the fine print around David Villa, and it could possibly be up to 10 games, but was never going to be guaranteed. Beyond, you know, his performances and beyond what they'll lose as him as a player, do you think the way that's worked out means that they're probably going to lose a significant amount of momentum based on the fact that they got their largest non-Derby crowd, pretty much I would have said, on the back of him. They're going to lose that momentum, particularly if they don't start winning games? Well, it's entirely up to the... It's really up up to the team now and up to the coach and, and what they do. If they come out and uh, when David Villa leaves in a couple of weeks and win 5-0, uh, you know, as much as he's been great and he's a, he's a superstar and he still continues to be a superstar of international football, people are going to forget about David Villa pretty quickly. It really depends on what Melbourne City do. Again, I heard you on, uh, on um, hold talking about the style of play at the moment. They're so... So much more authoritative, authoritative the way they go about it. They're so much more dominant and more certain in possession of the ball. Uh, they certainly do dominate sides with their possession. Damien Duff is fantastic. Uh, yes, they're missing Robert Corran, and he's going to be a really important loss to them until December. But the team is much more fluent. Uh, they're much more certain. They're much more re- resilient. Uh, they're just not troubling the goalkeeper. So they've got to do that. If they, don't, if they continue not to trouble the goalkeeper... Uh, and especially when David Villa goes, well, the finger's going to be pointed at Melbourne City. But uh, it, it's entirely up to the club. Now, those people who are carrying on at the moment talking about the fact that Melbourne City should have been up front about how many games he was going to play. Well, you know, we saw this week Brad Smith, your boy, uh, Warren. He's uh, come back, but, yes, from yeah, Swindon. Yeah, recalled from uh, Swindon Town to Liverpool. And you listen to the Swindon Town manager, and he's devastated because... That's the way loans go. They can be recalled at any time. And I'm pretty sure that Melbourne City 
uh, were clinging on to every hope that they would keep him for 10 games. I'm not backing Melbourne City for any reason other than the fact that, you know, that's what happens with loans. And those people carrying on at the moment saying that Melbourne City, uh, you know, um, basically pulled the wool over their eyes, this and that. Well, if they're only signing up members because of the 10-game stint for Dave Villa, well, that's not sustainable, is it? It's up to the club now once, once he moves on. Firstly, get the most out of him in the next couple of games. Once he moves on, certainly, you know, really... Do something about troubling the opposition goalkeeper, and suddenly people will, will uh, be rusted on rather than uh, this whole thing about uh, you know we're, we're going to now leave because uh, you lied to us, you know, and and David V is going. Carlos, uh, with the David V situation, do you think that they're making the most of having a player like him on the pitch? I mean, it, it was good for the fans, and it was great to see him on Sunday, and he's, he's certainly a fantastic player. But uh, when I was watching the game, I, I felt that they were still going uh, the duff way along the wings and then sort of whipping it over more than going sort of centrally and through through Villa. What's your take on um, how they're playing with him on the pitch? Vinny, you know, he's a world-class player, and that's why he scored two goals out of nothing in the last couple of games. But I would say that it takes a long, long time. It takes a full pre-season for people to get used to his runs and, and how he expects the ball delivered to him. You know, when you're playing as a striker and you've been dropped into a side without any pre-season and without knowing the players, in fact, not, not only knowing the players, but you don't even speak the same language, uh, that's always going to be fraught with danger. The reason why he scored two goals in the last two games is because he's a brilliant player. I mean, last week's goal came out of nothing. Uh, you know, he talked about pinball, you know, the, the ball was deflecting left, right and centre, suddenly he's lashed it in. No one, no one actually knew what had happened. He, he just, it was instinctive for him. So, yeah, of course they're not using him well, Vinny, and that's because he hasn't been with them long enough. And that's that's a big issue with these lone players, especially if they're big, big names like uh, David Villa. If he's coming for a short period of time, he's got to have a, a longer leading time, and he didn't have that, and now he's only leaving after four games. If they can, get a, if they can eke a goal out of him this week in the derby and then another another goal uh, against Adelaide United, I think he's done his job for, for the team because a, a goal a game would be a good return, even if it's only four weeks. Just as an observation, Carlos, it is amazing how fast he is with his foot in a shooting position in terms of the speed and the wind-up is so quick and accurate. You put him against the goals that Sergio Aguero scores or Diego Costa scores, and I know that we're not talking about the same league, but that speed of shot when he gets an opportunity is absolutely astounding. And it's like split second, half an opening, he's able to shoot. He's lost very little in terms of his ability to create opportunities and take opportunities the way that he the way that he has in the first two games. And there's no reason why he would have lost it either. When he was at the World Cup playing for Spain in the first 11 in that game against Australia and scored, um, I would think if he wasn't going to New York City, he could have played in any EPL team. You know, even in the, even the likes of Chelsea, you know, may have picked him up as a second or third striker. I mean, this guy's still world class. Um, but having said all that, I mean, even a player like him has to uh, get some uh, training under his belt, has to get some match practice under his belt, because you would have noticed also on the weekend there were a couple of, uh, I think it was one header, where he was only a couple of metres out and he missed the target completely, and then there was another sort of half volley where he screwed it over the top mm. of the bar. Even someone of his standing needs game time, needs match time, and needs to be playing with the players in the team. And, uh, and I was a bit surprised uh, with... His uh, lack of sharpness at times, and and by the way, that's got nothing to do with his class. It's just got more to do with the fact that he hasn't played a lot of matches since the World Cup. 
Carlos, I want to ask you about Ben Williams and his performance last night in the FFA Cup. And the reason why I do is because the Football Federation Australia have come out today and even though they've suspended him for a week or they've stood him down this weekend, they've actually upheld the one-game ban. Now, to me, it just sends incredibly poor mixed messages around, number one, the decision last night, the impact that it had on that game, and just the disappointment of, I actually, and I don't think it's a crisis in refereeing, but, you know, Ben Williams is our best referee. I think he's given nine red cards in the last 15 A-League games, and not to say that they weren't justified, but that was a really poor decision last night, and I think it needed to be rescinded, even though they said there was no clear and obvious error in the decision. Well, I don't know whether they watched the footage or not, but it was just ridiculous. Yeah, look, I think it's a technicality. The match review panel has to go by whatever the letter of the FIFA law is. And even though you look at it and you know it's clearly a mistake, uh, because it was handled the way it was on the night and it has to be... I know the words they use, but it has to be completely out of order um, by way of uh, the way it's, it's looked at and the way, the way it's interpreted uh, for it to be rescinded. I mean, it's a huge deal to rescind the red card. It has to be absolutely... Uh, no question that it was uh, a wrong decision. And even though we all think it was a wrong decision, from, from a technical point of view and, a, and a, maybe a, uh, a definition point of view, it wasn't deemed that way, so he's got a cop it sweet. But, I mean, the, the problem with someone like a Ben Williams and there's a few other referees at the moment, uh, the players are losing faith. I noticed that Michael Zullo, uh, the former Adelaide United player, who's now, I think, uh, I think he's back overseas, but he's... Uh, sort of uh, looking after uh, an ACL at the moment. He's out for a, an extended period of time. He tweeted out that, uh, there you go, there's another decision. It's all about the referee. You know, So there's this sense amongst the players that some of the referees grandstand a bit, and it's all about them, and uh, it's all about uh, them imposing themselves rather than being the anonymous person on the pitch. Uh, as we know, if you don't notice the referee or the umpire in any sport, in any sport you mean, it means they're doing a great job. And I think, unfortunately, too many times Ben Williams, amongst the players, seems like he's uh, grandstanding a bit, or it appears that way. And I'm sure we don't know Ben Williams, uh, uh, you know, personally. And and uh, but unfortunately, he's a very public figure, and uh, he's uh, I think the Asian Referee of the Year. So there's a lot of tickets on the guy. But really, we've seen the intensity of the A League in the opening rounds. We've seen how the standard has really improved out of all the teams. Uh, even Newcastle on the weekend, I mean, we, we're getting a yep. really, really good uh, league at the moment, but are the referees improving with that league? Can they handle the added intensity without panicking and giving red cards left, right and centre? I don't know. Uh, I think it's a measure of the maturity of your competition uh, to see how good your referees are, and, and I think we're lacking a little bit. It's not, only, not only Ben Williams, but uh, there's a couple of refereeing decisions on the weekend. I think the Bernie Abini uh, offside claim with Sasha Ogonowski, I mean, it's clearly offside. I mean, who could not see that? Uh, clearly impeding Ante Kovic's uh, goal. And obviously, uh, the referees interpret it differently. But it's not only the referee. How about the assistant referees? What are they doing in those situations? I mean, it's just a package deal here. And uh, the FFA have acted pretty quickly by uh, now relegating him. Uh, not sure where he goes. Did he go to the country on the weekend, boys? But he's not refereeing in the A-League. And he could have actually had the derby on the weekend. So this is the thing. Yeah, um, I'm not, not sure about that, Obini one, because I, I felt that Kovic actually saw the ball and, and knew where it was going. It just that it took a deflection on the way in, didn't it? 
Oh uh, yeah, but I think I think if you're in the if you're anywhere near the eye side of the goalkeeper, you're in play. De- yeah, it should be deemed if you're in a passive offside position, it should be deemed interfering with play. I mean, it's pretty clear. Every other commentator has seen that. There's no there's no doubt. Uh, everyone I've spoken to, everyone who's seen it, they've said the same thing. Now, how can the assistant referee uh, and the referee themselves? Uh, adjudicate something different. So, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, did they not see it? Did they, uh, is there some technicality we're missing? But if you're in the, I mean, you even see, uh, Kovic, when, uh, the ball was in that scramble and at Sashovanovsky, before he got his foot to it, he was desperately trying to, uh, come, have, have an eyesight, eye line around, uh, Bernie Beanie was standing right in front of him to see where the ball was. And then with the deflection, well, he obviously has gone through Beanie's legs and went for, uh, it went through for a goal, and even the Beanie mentioned on the Sunday night uh, Fox Sports show that he felt he was offside too. So you can't get any more categorical than that. Uh, yeah, what does he know? Though he's just a striker. Um, <laughs> Carlos, uh, when one of the Copacabana, I remember you and I were walking semi-nude uh, along the beach, and uh, Warren was behind us with his Coca-Cola, and he went down with cramp. And, and <laughs> me being the empathetic one, I went to help Warren, and, and you just you know struck me on the chest and said, "No, Vinny, no." Yeah. Yes. Keep keep your eye on the prize. I just yes. want to know, Sasha Ogonovsky and uh, you know he, he pretty much chastised his keeper for for yes. helping um, a Wanderers player. You know, is that is that okay? Is it okay to do that? You know, you know what I like to see. You know why I like to see that in Australian football. It means it, it means it means a lot to the players. You know, there were so many question marks about. You know, the old NSL and the early years of the A-League, whether we're just purely a stepping stone of our plays to, to come up senior football, put yourself in the shop window, then go off and get the big money in Asia or over in Europe. By Sasha Ogonofsky, now I don't, no, no kiddies are listening to us right now, I'm pretty sure, but uh, I don't want to uh, certainly endorse this to the kids because uh, we're not talking about sporting values here, but if you're talking about a player who's showing how much that meant to him, uh, that he was willing to bend the rules and, and really stretch the whole sportsmanship thing. Um, that's what it was all about. And uh, and so in that respect, I know what I'm seeing is authentic and I know what I'm seeing is, a, is 22 players on, on the pitch at any one time just going at each other. And I think that's, that's something the fans want to see. Now, whether... You know, a villain like uh, Sasha Ogonofsky is doing the right thing from a sporting point of view, of course he's not. But... You know, for me, right now, I want to know that I'm seeing, you know, players playing in the A-League who want to be here, want to fight for their team, want to fight for their fans, and that's what Sasha Ogonofsky was showing. It's professional football, Carlos, and as far as I'm concerned, it was okay. But anyway, Carlos, we're going to have to let you go because uh, we've got a lot to do tonight, and you can go back and have a rest. Uh, I know you're an hour behind us at the moment, so... uh, Now, put your feet up and uh, enjoy the rest of your break. Thanks for coming on the show on your day off. Thanks, boys. There's Carlos Alberto Diego. Could you give him a day off? Well, Seriously? No, no. Well, we, we talked about it, and uh, it was time for him to have a break. No, <laughs> no, no. He's he's, he's, he's a bit like David there. Villa and um, you know Jason Bourne. He just gets assigned somewhere. He's got to go. Okay. You know, okay, no, no questions asked. Yep. We've got somebody uh, waiting on the line very patiently, and uh, <laughs> some a lot of our listeners will know the uh, Italian Festa in Carlton, the Carlton Italian Festa, and with us is uh, the MC of the festival and one of the organisers, James Liotta. Welcome to the show. Good evening, gentlemen. Thanks for, for having me on the show. It's, oh, it's, good. it's our pleasure, mate. Uh, geez, I remember driving through Carlton many, many times and, jeez, uh, I think the fest is on uh, this time of the year. It, it's it's yep. happening very soon. Well, it's happening this weekend. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, it's changed a lot. Uh, the street's not blocked off like it used to be, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we're throwing it all into that wonderful piazza, which they call Piazza Italia and Argyle Square over there. And it's, uh, it's this weekend, Sunday 26th of October. And are there any particular things to look forward to, James? Oh, well, uh, I'll be there. So, um, uh, that'll be... <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some great entertainment. We've got Anthony Kalia as our uh, headline act. Nice. Um, he's uh, Maltese. No, he's half. Oh, he's half, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all right no, we, then. Yeah, we claimed him. Yeah. So okay. we use him for a name. Uh, we've got Mark Vincent, Joe Avanti, the comedian, oh, uh, Maria Venuti, and so many other local artists as well. The uh, the list is, is really endless. But uh, the great, you know, you, you've got to be asking yourself, what is the link to soccer? Well, it's Italian. So, you know... Love soccer, of course, and we've got uh, Melbourne Heart and uh, Melbourne City. Uh, pardon me, Melbourne Heart, Melbourne Victory, and Melbourne City joining us uh, at the Festa as well, running some workshops and uh, some some stuff for the kids. Now, James, despite the fact that you haven't invited the Diego's to be some part of the Italian Festa, because there's a lot of justification for that That's in right. Vinny and You're Rodrigo, right. um, how do you think? How I'm, do you th- I'm Spanish. Anyway, <laughs> <there you> <laughs> I'm just wondering, um, are you looking to get a few Victory and Melbourne Melbourne City fans there? Maybe they can walk from. That's not that far, is it? From, from no, no, there they could really. walk to the ground and then come back and have a pizza afterwards or something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pizza's the way to go at an Italian fest. You couldn't get more than that. And uh, I mean, the one thing is, we don't want the derby to continue on to Sunday. So don't uh, you know? Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't come and uh, continue the derby at the festa. Uh, keep that to Saturday. But uh, but certainly lots lots to do. Uh, it's, Food-wise, you can you can play with the pizza. You can throw them around. You, you can even use the arancini balls and use them as soccer balls. Oh, yeah, instead. no. You eat those. those you eat those. James, no. do they still do the greasy pole with the salami and, and the, <laughs> oh. the cheese at the top? Or what happened with that? Oh, where have you guys been? Oh, God. Um, no, no, they don't do that. They haven't done that for a long time because now it's occupational health and safety. No. Uh, so, um yeah, but the, because obviously we don't do it in the street anymore, because that pole used to be right in the centre of, uh, of of the street, near Elgin Street, I think it was. Yep. So um, because the street is not blocked off, it's all in the piazza. So the greasy pole, it's like it's out of fashion. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. I never yeah. liked it anyway, so I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> but the mortadella on the top is, is not out of fashion. You can you can still pick one of those up. But hey, hey James, we're going to have to let you go, but it's on no su- this Sunday, the 26th of October, um, it's uh, happening in Ligon Street, of course, from 11am to 8pm. That's right. And you'll be there emceeing the event. Anthony Kalea, Joe Avardi, Maria Venuti's out as well. Isn't and so Maria is Mark Venuti. Vincent. Yeah, she's there as well. So looking forward to another great uh, Carlton Italian Festa. And thanks for joining us on the Four Diego's. Have a great time. Thanks a lot for your time, boys. This is uh, James Liotta emceeing the um, Carlton Italian Festa. Make sure you get there. Not just for Italians, but for, for anyone Anthony here Kalea. in Melbourne. It's a big part of Melbourne, so uh, make sure you get there. Hey, we're going to take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. You're probably a coach who turned out to be the wrong man in the wrong job for the wrong team at the wrong time. Other than that, have faith. You're a fine selection. This has been a sad coaching moment by the Four Diego's. The Four Diego's. Yes, here on a Wednesday night, looking forward to... uh... Tomorrow morning, that's what you're looking forward to. You know why? Because Liverpool's going to get pumped. I wasn't going to say that, but why am I looking forward to... Because Liverpool are going to beat Real Madrid in the biggest Champions League preliminary ho-hum oh, fixture yeah. 
that you can find. On what the grounds? two historically the two best teams in Europe. Historically, no. Oh, well, who's playing better at the moment? What have you got to rely on in life if you don't rely on history? Seriously. Well, current performance is probably really important. In, well, you've in, got in two context. teams that finished. Oh well, Real Madrid won it last season, didn't they? Yeah, yeah but perennially have run second. Well, Liverpool ran second. In the Premier League last year against well, the team that right won the now. right now, yes. fifth on the ladder, got out of jail on the weekend, didn't they? Was it? Yeah, they were locked deep in jail <laughs> and found a way out. No, that's Actually, look. Real Madrid are what? Are they third or fourth? Oh, it's a big fourth, fix. Actually. Don't try to play it down just because you want to, you know, temper my enthusiasm for all those doubting Thomases, Mick's, Marie's out there. <laughs> it's the and I love Marie. Marie. Lo- we love Marie. Spaniards. She loves the Spaniards. She does, and I'm going to say it's. It's a big fixture, and I would not be surprised. You know how they say those famous European nights in Liverpool? Tomorrow morning at 5.45. Yes, but you know CR7 loves coming back and playing in England. He loves it. He does. Cristiano, I think, will probably put on a clinic. (laughs) But no Gareth Bale. He's out with an old man's... I think it's a thigh. Aren't they putting Rodriguez in his spot? Yeah, yeah, they're putting somebody reasonably handy. But They won't be putting me anywhere, Vinny. It's a you good... should have seen Ancelotti talk about that. Like, talk about a man who is just very relaxed about what he's going to do um, tomorrow. He, he's not under any pressure at all. And the depth of his squad, it's, it's, it's almost wrong. It's a sin that this man has got the squad. Yeah, but Liverpool lift. Liverpool lift. They lift. <laughs> they lift. Stevie G will lift. You know, Mario Balotelli. He'll, he'll lift. show up. He'll he show needs, up. He'll, he needs he'll lift. lift. He'll lift. It's just going to be enormous. Geez, Warren, I reckon you you could have scored that goal that he missed at the weekend. Yeah, no, it was a fairly ordinary miss, but he's trying. He's very trying. He's trying, he's trying, he's trying. I like Mario Balotelli. Fair enough. So our hot topic tonight, uh, Vinny Venezuela on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen was uh, who has who in world football has let you down on the back of the fact that you know David Villa. Doesn't seem to be staying as long as we thought he was going to be staying, and it's got to be a little bit disappointing if you're a fan of David Villa and Melbourne City and so forth. Who has let you down in world footy? So we've got a, a few text messages on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Stephen in Richmond, Tottenham have let me down on numerous yeah, occasions. Yeah, and I would say that it's been trying to be a Tottenham fan in recent times, more than just recent. They have moments, don't they? They do, but then they lost 6-0, I think, last year, you know... Yeah, that happens. Hey, uh, can Sunderland repay me and sleep for staying up till 3am <laughs> to watch us get beat 8-0? That's Mick and East Keeler. Well, that's similar to the offer that we're giving tonight. I want to know, listeners. Mick, I-, I want you to tell me at what time did you say, look, this isn't worth, you know, seeing through? Did you did you go till half time, or did you go all, did, did you do the full 90? Well, 4-0 for me. It's, it's, it's a cut-off. It's probably the threshold. <laughs> you, you know, the funny thing is the uh, manager of um, Ronald Koeman came out and said that uh, Sunderland very good in the first 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's a Now, slap. that's normally politically correct coach speak. Yeah. But that that is more than a slap. That's disrespectful, I would have thought. Yeah. Just come out and say they were pretty good in the first 10 minutes. Because no. it was one of the, the best-owned goals you've ever seen in that game. And one of the best goalkeeping errors you've ever seen as well, leading to a goal. It was it had everything. 
It was a complete package. Got Damo in Western Sydney here. Thanks for listening, Damo. Hi, boys. Re Sunderland refund. It was originally posed by Robbie Savage on the postman phone in, post match phone in rather. I was listening shamelessly, basking in the glow of an eight nil victory. I thought it was a bit rich coming from Robbie, considering he played in that god awful derby team that got relegated a few years back. Um, there you go. Thanks, Damo in uh, Western Sydney. So there, there's a few that have, uh, you know, Jeez, that have uh, let them down. If you're a Western Sydney Wanderers fan, really. Two nil up, they would have let you down a wee bit, wouldn't they? Yeah, but they haven't. That, that's probably the only time, Vinny Venezuela. I'm not. I'm not trying to be provocative, Rodrigo. But you know, they 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 were up and they were looking good, and uh, they had uh, Sydney FC rattled, and then they just. Uh... Let's. I agree, Vinny. Let's talk about that derby for a little while because mm-hmm. that that was genuinely an fantastic yep. derby to watch. You know, the, oh, it had every the, and everything. It had the goals, and then it had Sasha. Now. He accosted his own it. keeper, and then he then he accosted Vic, Vitor Samba Saba Saba uh, yeah. on the way out. Copped a week himself, Sash, and then he was he got a yellow card for harassing everyone in the box as they were looking for that equaliser. It had everything, and I tell you, um, it was it was I didn't hear any issues. I know there were a few Sydney fans that jumped onto the ground after they, but. I think they, but they got, off got really themselves off and, the ground. Yeah. I don't, and there was nothing, I don't think there was anything to pin on the fans. It was well, you know, celebrated. Western Sydney Wanderers fans copped the winning goal as they turned their back on the game, which was quite <laughs> ironic. Yeah. I, I love that. But I'll tell you one thing, their certainties this weekend. They're, they're, they will win this first leg. I saw some footage of uh, the team they're playing, El... El Hulley. El Hulley. Do you know they've... They're owned by some sheik, which eighteenth richest man in the world. Eighteenth richest man in the world. He, he's um, he's taken out, he's booked out the whole oh, hotel. Oh, Hilal, sorry, I just got the. He's booked uh, out the whole hotel, and they've said it was disrespectful of the media to take pictures of them as they were going in and out of the hotel. But um, so the media just took pictures of them training. Yes, exactly. Respect. But I actually genuinely think Western Sydney Wanderers have been a little bit distracted by. Like this and it, you'd only have you've got to be human. You would think. I think they'll win this first leg. You'd think so. You're talking about the uh, first leg of the grand final of the Asian Champions League against Ali Lal at uh, Parramatta Stadium. Yep. Uh, They've complained is, about the on, pitch. What, what time is that on? By same the way, time as the um, <laughs> same time, same time, same bat time, same bat channel as, as the, the um, derby. as the derby on. Just going back to that Sydney derby, can I just say that I reckon um, Western Sydney Wanderers have given Sydney FC reason to live and go forth yeah. and just uh, stake their claim because um, the way that the fans celebrated the comeback really was something we haven't seen for a long time, if ever, in this game, that sort of euphoria. So tick that one. But uh, the interesting thing for me is um, Jan Yedevic in goals at uh, Sydney FC, he, 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 he can save them, but he sometimes looks shaky. And when he gets rattled... Uh, he makes them very vulnerable, and and Ogunovsky the same. He um he can fumble the ball a little bit, and and it, to me it felt like Sandal Santaleb in that first half in particular was really doing his darndest to 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 put uh, Sasha under pressure. But I, that ball. but I would say I think Ogunovsky had a slight. I think he had a bit of a procedure on his knee close to the start of the season, a slight op, and I think he's you know got to come back into form. But I will say that maybe, and this is only a maybe, after all they're hunting around for, you know, Del Piero and the like, in getting Graham Arnold, mm-hmm. they're going to get a guy that's going to make 
he'll make it his life mission for them to be hard to beat. And if that's the starting point of just being hard to beat and having a dip, well, you're going to build, aren't you? you? I mean, is there a chance, and I think this is an interesting one, is there a chance that the Sydney derby with Graham Arnold in charge of Sydney FC could be as big, if not bigger, than the Melbourne derby? And I would probably argue that it's got every potential to be as big, if not bigger. I'm, I'm, frankly, I'm actually... Fox Sports did um, something just after the derby, which is a better derby, Melbourne. I'm actually sick and tired of that, to be honest. I think I think the two cities have something very different to offer. Mm. And the derbies, you know, of course the Melbourne people, are, we're going to say that the derby here is better than the Sydney derby, and the people there are going to say the Sydney derby's better. I mean, that's a stupid... I, I think it's a, it's a ridiculous... Well, you know, um, I like to talk of talk about in terms of rivalries like I think that Adelaide Melbourne victory rivalry is huge and and the the crowd that they got um, in Adelaide was also phenomenal and should be applauded and that was a great game second Uh, half look I thought it was a very tense tense game it was a hard game there are no easy games anymore in in the A-League and um, you're always in it I think you get over 30,000 people turning up at the Adelaide over to watch you know Bitter rivals, yep. you know, Melbourne victory and Adelaide. Um, you know, th- that was Vinny. That was a sensation. I was very surprised that Leia came off. I thought he had he had a really good game, but obviously he came off for whatever reason. And they had to play on a, on a pitch that they're kind of not used to playing mm. on. It was quick. You could see that they were struggling. I thought, you know, what a lot of the purists probably said. You know, from a football perspective, it wasn't um, that good to watch. But but I actually quite enjoyed watching them work harder to to control the. It's ball. funny. A mate of mine said that. Um, he didn't think he thought the pitch at um, at uh, the Melbourne City game was a bit slow. He thought it was a bit long, and it's at inter- Amy Park. At Amy Park, and I, I tended to think I looked at it and I thought, oh, "Was it? It's not. I don't think it's in, in as good a nick as it normally is at the start of the season." They're actually playing that Australian Rugby Championship at the moment on that ground, and normally at this time of the year, it's sort of like just pristine for. Or for football, and they're going to have a rugby league game there coming up with the Four Nations tournament. So not to say that it didn't affect the way Melbourne City played in the first half. They were actually really, really dominant. But I don't know whether it's as good of in as good a nick as what it has been in the past. I thought it looked beautiful. I was there, and I thought it was perfect, and um, it, it, it looked fine to me. The other one, can I just say, in terms of victory, they, they, they did pinch a draw, which was good. Good, good to get the away points. But uh, Kalfala, when he came on, I thought he was terrific. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see whether he gets a starting role. Like it, At the moment, it seems like he's almost going to be set up as that super sub type thing. But I think Carlos doesn't make many good points, and I've said that on a regular basis. But if you do have a look, you know, Wellington copped the worst own goal that you'd ever wish to see. And then we're able to come back against the Central Coast team that I'm a little bit worried about. I think they they might be, you know, close to the poorest team. And I know it's early to say. Newcastle now have got, you know, they copped a very late loss against Central Coast in their first game. They were more than competitive, particularly second mm. half in against um, Melbourne City. They should have beaten them in the end. Yeah, yeah, they should have. So I think, and then Perth, I mean, very interesting. Perth go to Adelaide this week and... I think that'll test them. But they've gone to Wellington and then got home and come back from being behind twice against a good Brisbane team. And I thought Brisbane played pretty well, but they managed to get over the top of them. Andy Keogh, what a, what a signing that oh. guy's been. Yeah, 28. I mean, they, that's the... 
isn't that the slight change that you think if we have a look at marquees? You know, they're not coming. I know Dave, Dave, Damien Duff's 34 or so, 33 or so. But Keo, who's played 60 times for his country, has come when he could be easily playing championship football. Robert Corrin's come straight from the championship here and would have still been playing championship football. So you are getting good players. And, I mean, I think um, I like Adelaide City, Asirio, and the other guy that I'm really wrapped. Look, Thirio, Thirio. Oh, whatever it's he named. Too, by the way. Oh, anyway, David Vila <laughs> Warren, and come on. Sirio. You said when we mispronounce your name. Well, it's been happening for a long time. I'm, aren't you? Aren't you rapt to see Bruce Jitte? Oh yes, back, yes. big fan, playing really powerful, keeping like, the ball up. He's been always liked around the Australian circles. I don't know whether he's the type of striker that Ange would like, but you know when he gets in form, he's actually you know a really good. He's mm. powerful. He's strong. You know, he. The goals he scored have been fantastic. Sorry, just very quickly. The other guy who was um, enjoying his football on the weekend, I reckon, was Nathan Burns. I, I, I very much enjoyed watching him play. Look, it's 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 good stuff at the moment. Really, mm, enjoying it is good the, stuff. Uh, it's very very good stuff. We'll talk more about um, more about uh, this. We'll even uh, Warren, if you want to talk a little bit about the English Premier League. Oh, lots to talk this. about. There's, there's also the Melbourne Derby. Geez, where does time go when you're having fun? Stick around. This is the Four Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. If your coach is not fired with enthusiasm, he will be fired with enthusiasm. This has been a profound coaching moment by the Four Diego's. On 11.16 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, and after the Diego's, it's all night appetite with uh, Darren Parkin and in from 12 to 1, it's Teo Palazzeri. So uh, looking forward to that show, but uh, just in... Uh, in the Middle East at the moment, Pakistan a four for two hundred, uh, very slow run rate at the moment. Uh, about seven overs to go in the day there, and uh, geez, Peter Siddles look like he's put on a bit of weight there, Warren. But he uh, has beefed up <laughs> to try and get his pace back. Yeah, Seriously, finally, good, good to see. Anyway, uh, Warren, uh, Vinny, let's. Uh, we only got five minutes to go. Gee, it goes too fast. But uh, let's talk about some EPL stuff, uh, Warren. What what floated your boat? Uh, look, floated my boat. Can anyone tell excited? me what the two dots are above the U in Sergio Aguero's name? I don't know why that is. Is it a pronunciation thing, Vinny? It must be. But I don't know what it is. Though. It's, got, it's my, got a name, the two dots. Floating my boat, I love Aguero. I always have. Him and, and Jacko, I think, I just love the way they both play. But Aguero became Manchester City's all-time leading scorer on the weekend. Scored four, missed a penalty, could have had five. He's the key for... Can Man City chase Chelsea down? Well, Chelsea didn't have Costa play on the weekend. I tell you, I know Costa's been a good signing. Fabregas has just mm. been outstanding for Chelsea. And you chuck in Willen, Oscar, Hazard. It's a two-horse race mm. now. I mean, don't worry about looking at the ladder come Christmas time because they'll just be 15 points clear of everyone else. Can Man City chase Chelsea down? I actually think they can as long as Aguero stays fit. Look, I think it's very interesting. Uh, the special one's got a swagger at the moment. I think Willem's got an injury, perhaps, but uh, Drogba just scored in Champions League for them, and they're feeling good no matter what. And, and there's something about the vibe in that Chelsea dressing room that, that's always dangerous. But, uh, yeah, Guerra, what a legend. You know what floated my boat? What? Harry Redknapp's uh, post-match interview. Uh, 
like QPR. <laughs> it reminded that have you seen that famous YouTube video when he's at West Ham when he gets hit by the soccer ball and he turns around and just has a bit of a dip. It gets dark. It was, <laughs> it was, that, that was a little bit of a rant. He he. Well, he's what? How old is he? He's six over six. Yeah, nearly I think. 70, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's old. You know, he's, he's, he's managed he's about fourteen hundred games or something. He's not going to take any bulldust from anyone. And he was having a bit of a crack at uh, one of his. Uh, uh, internationals and uh, Moroccan internationals. Yeah, yeah, he's overweight. Playing, he's yep. playing reserves football at the moment. Yeah, he's coming from. He played at uh, Inter and Tar Tarapt. Tarapt, uh, yep. yeah. And uh, he's saying, "What he's three? He's three stone overweight. Yep. Um, you know, he he doesn't work hard enough. He's really had a crack at him and and put it to him. Now the guys actually come out and said he's not overweight, but uh, you know, for him to single out a player like that, um, he's pretty he's pretty grumpy, is Harry? Yes. Yeah. And uh, look, the Premier League's. Is it going to be less interesting with teams clearly not being able to catch Man City and Chelsea? And I don't think there'll be any change to that so far. I mean, I think Chelsea have got... Um, they've only failed to get maximum points in, in one or two games. And Man City are a good team. Liverpool are struggling. Man United are getting better. I'll tell you one yep. guy I really like. Daly Blind, who plays for... Who's come as part of the Dutch entourage. He's going really well for Man United, but they were lucky to get a, a draw against West Brom, who were really plucky. Nope, not lucky, but West Brom were really plucky and deserved a point. They would be spewing about that. They they needed to beat uh, West Brom. They did. So, guys, the Melbourne Derby is this weekend at Etihad Stadium. It's, uh, if not sold out already, it's uh, very close to selling out the 47,000. They're bringing the... Uh, the stands in nice and close. The Djurakovic and uh, what was the <laughs> other stand? We got? You know the stand that they move in and out. Yes. Um, so, Vinny, yeah, yes. what, what are your what do you think? What are you look most looking forward oh, to in gosh. this derby? Really hard these derbies. I just I don't want it like the first derby last year, which was a game of chess, and they tried to cancel each other out right. by uh, sending us all to sleep. I, I want high tempo. I want. I want both of them to be hungry to score goals, and I expect it, expect it will be that way, given the way they've both been playing. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if it is a... I, I don't like um, pick, predicting draws, but it could be 2-2. Two, two. I want goals. Well, Barisha's there. Villa's there. Villa's there. You know, Archie will be there. Williams. Archie will be there. I hope Archie's... I love seeing Archie score in a derby. What do you mean? So you the want? first derby has always tended to favour Melbourne City, Melbourne hard. I know the last was a draw, but Melbourne... Hard have been pretty good in first up draw. I mean, it's 4-4, I think, in terms of equal. They've won an equal number of games. Look, I'm a City fan. I'm going for City. What? And via the score, is a that, hat trick. Is that just your No, well, I think... Um, blind look, I, I think... Um, he won't score a hat trick. There's no way he will he'll score a hat trick. I would think... I'll, I think um, I'm a bit <laughs> so worried... Like Carlos is in here. I'm a bit worried about... Um, I'm not worried about Kiz Norbert. I think he's been really good, yeah. but I'm a bit... Um, yeah, middle of the park is where it'll be won and lost, and I think um, I think Hart can be oh, City can be competitive. Masvidal is running around like a yeah. little oh, energizer bunny. bunny. He's so not real, that guy. City for me, Villa to score one what to about win. You, Vinny? Look, I think it's going to be two two, Rodrigo. Oh, geez, I, I would like, like victory <laughs> to win, but I just think uh, the caliber of the teams, the 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 nature of the occasion, uh, it'll probably be be a draw, and I, but I, I'd like to see goals in it. You know what? I reckon Victory will win this one. Um, you know, I don't favour either side. I uh, Gee, sit, sit, on, sit on the fence, as I normally do. But I actually think uh, Victory are playing better at the moment. Anyway, hey, 
that's it for this week's show. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Vinny. Thanks, uh, Warren. Thanks to Carlos. And uh, don't, don't forget the Carlton Italian Festa happening on Sunday uh, of the weekend. Uh, maybe if you, your team wins at the weekend, go and celebrate on Sunday. So remember, Vinny. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out, we're, we're there. there. Wherever you sumba rumba and la bumba, we're, we're there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls on their feet, we're, we're there. there. Wherever gringos play football, we're, we're there. there. We are the Fortiego. Olé! Olé!